Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. I am Race for the Prize. You can go to racefortheprize.com if you want to get access to the data in front of you, like lap-by-lap data from last season's Atlanta race, all of the inside information. Raceforthprize.com, 30 bucks for February, 12 bucks for a given weekend. We can work out deals. Just contact me, raceforthprize06 at gmail.com. We're talking Atlanta Cup. I'm going to talk about green flag pit cycles from Daytona, how that might affect the DraftKings fantasy lineup. But before that, I want to look at the lap-by-lap data from last year's Atlanta race and look at the final run from 217 to lap 260, roughly 40 laps. It remains green, although if you watch the race on YouTube, which you you don't need to watch races on YouTube. There's plenty of data in the spreadsheet, plenty of information in the podcast. But sometimes it's fun to watch races. And even if you're not going to watch the full race, check out the final 40 laps of Atlanta. You can watch it at 2x pretty quick. It is riveting racing. It is breathtaking racing. It is side-by-side, pure super speedway and pure excellence. They do not wreck somehow. Very easily, in this final run, the checkered flag between Logano, Kozlowski, and Bell, there could have easily been a wreck up front that took out the entire field and completely changed the fantasy NASCAR contest. They were aggressive, but they were masters, and they nailed it. It was a perfect finish. Great job. There was a winner. There's a loser. There's battles nonstop. But it was two side-by-side freight trains back and forth. And just when it looked like one freight train was going to pull away, the bottom would come roaring back. And then they were back side-by-side again. Check it out on YouTube. But the takeaway is, one, this is a super speedway. Two... That long green run could have very easily turned into a caution anywhere, and then that could have lended itself to more cautions, and the optimal lineup could have very easily been the pure stack-in-the-back option. And You can see here with the numbers of Logano roaring to the front and then quickly dropping to fifth. It's very interesting. If you watch it, you have Logano being pushed by Sindrick and Blaney, and they stick together through this entire run. Even when the top line forms and gets more speed and blows past them, and Logano from the lead drops to fifth with Sindrick at his bumper and Blaney at his bumper, they stick together, blocking anyone in their way, holding the bottom line, knowing that there was time and momentum would build and they would get their chance at a run. And even if they didn't get enough speed, at some point, one of those guys up top was going to pull out, and that was going to slow that top line down a little bit, and then the bottom line would come roaring back. They were patient. Kozlowski looked like he had this thing in control. He was blocking lanes. He was leading both freight trains. He was very much looking like the winner until the last lap. Logano, Sindrick, Blaney, they stuck together. They patiently waited. The last lap, we get a little guys bailing. People spread out. It is basically a dash to the finish. And in the end, Logano, who often was three cars back, ends up in first. 
and we get a clean finish. Pretty fun, exciting. Big takeaways. Yes, this is a super speedway. Build like a super speedway. Two, very, very much could have been a bunch of wrecks at the end. So, yeah, stacking the back is still a pretty solid option. Didn't necessarily work in this case, but I think it did. You had drivers starting in the back that moved forward. They just didn't need a bunch of wrecks. They were just crafty, skilled plate racers. And once again, I tweeted this out yesterday, and this should stare you in the face. On lap 259 of 260, Eric Jones was in 17th place, where he had been for basically the last 20 laps. On lap 260, he was now 11 spots closer to the front in 8th place. You can check my tweet, or if you just Google Eric Jones Atlanta, you can see his onboard and see exactly how he navigated and made 11 passes on a green flag. This wasn't a restart. This wasn't a restart. We've seen people make tremendous monster gains on a restart. Got it. This is lap 40 of a green flag run. And he just goes in and out and side, left, right, like a video game dodging between. It is pure video game. It is pure super speedway. For those that want to say it's not a super speedway, then how can you explain this? How? I will wait. There is no explanation. This type of place differential jump on one lap, the final lap, is only possible at a racetrack that produces super speedway pack drafting. Super speedway side-by-side -side pack drafting racing. Case closed. The defense rests. Now let's talk about green flag pit stops. One of the things that you may or may not have noticed from Daytona was, was there a lot of carnage? Carnage being a general term? Yeah, they wrecked a lot of cars at the end. The next question is, were there a lot of wrecks? That answer is a no. There was only five cautions in the race. Two of those were stage cautions. Now, luck would have it, the biggest of the race was at the very end and took out a bunch of cars. But for the most part, whether you want to say the drivers minded their P's and Q's, or whether you want to say that the drivers simply just knew what they were doing and how to control the car, and, you know, they were also not running full throttle. They were saving fuel. And so it's easier to drive a slower car than a faster car. It is easier to control a car that is not on the edge than one that is pushing the limits of traction, pushing the coefficient of friction of the tires and the weight dispersal on your rear end and on the nose when we're not going as fast as we can it's not nearly as dangerous so all of those factors get mixed into daytona and the end result was we didn't get a lot of wrecks that could be the case again at atlanta could be pretty calm and if it's going to be pretty calm in atlanta then we're not going to have cautions and that means green flag pit stops that means drivers 
to maximize their time or minimize their time getting into their box and out of said box are going to be able to get better track position. This isn't anecdotal. This isn't theoretical. We simply look at last week at Daytona where we had green flag pit stops and we see that the driver with the three fastest in-out times, meaning how fast did this driver push it to get into his pit box and out of his pit box, the top three times with Joey Logano. And as luck would have it, Joey Logano had the best average running position in the day. Now, obviously, his finishing position didn't work out at the end, but who was up front all day? Who had a very good race? Joey Logano. What possibly factored into that? Maybe him maximizing his pit road potential or minimizing his time on pit road. Number two, in terms of fastest laps behind Logano's three is Austin Sendrick. Austin Sendrick was third best in terms of average running position. And you can see on the screen, there are three pit cycles. And then we can see average-wise. Now, Cindric was the second fastest with the fourth fastest of the day. But if we combine all three stops and look at an average of those stops, Elliott just barely nudges out Kyle Busch. Second fastest. And then if we come over here and look, we can see that Elliott, on the day, his average running position ranked third. Do you think possibly... That Chase Elliott's ability to minimize his time getting into pit road and getting off of pit road helped him get better track position, which then helped him constantly to run up front. Now, running up front is not necessarily the biggest thing at Daytona and Talladega, but it's going to be more of a factor at an Atlanta race where fuel can separate a little bit, where the drivers are more willing, and they're often pretty willing at Daytona and Atlanta or Talladega to run the single file snake. Atlanta, I see that more of a scenario. Atlanta, I see they could go green for much longer runs. We have seen in previous Atlanta races where we've had long green flag runs. And that means if you're up front for one of those green flag runs, you could be a lap leader and that's going to land you in the optimal lineup. We have seen that. And the difference between those that lead laps and those that do not lead laps could simply be these green flag pit cycles. Kyle Busch, second best average running position at Daytona, right there with Chase Elliott in terms of average pit speed time. Daniel Suarez was actually fourth on the day. Eric Jones was fifth on the day. We got Corey LaJoy really getting the most. Out of his car, getting into pit road, getting off pit road, ninth fastest. You like to see that. Now, I don't necessarily want to pick him as a guy that's going to lead laps, but he is going to gain track position. And I would argue that at Atlanta, gaining track position is not as easy as it is at Daytona or at Talladega. At Daytona or Talladega, you can get track position. You can make gains late in the race simply through attrition. I don't really expect there to be tons of wrecks, tons of cars that get knocked out, and you simply just move forward, place differential-wise, because of the mayhem. You really need to work your way forward, or you need to gain some spots on pit road. 
And we know Corey LaJoy can move forward. He's a pretty good plate racer. He does definitely benefit from wrecks. But this is just another feather in his cap. Another ability for him to be a solid place differential play and value. Although I don't know low how... Uh, what was I saying there? I do not know how much longer Corey LaJoy will be in a value tier. If the equipment is as good as Spire expects it to be, and if his expectations come to fruition, he'll be a 7, 8K driver as the season progresses. And he will not be 5 or 6K. But they did make some bold predictions. And if those bold predictions don't come through, which is very possible because you are competing against some pretty solid drivers and pretty solid equipment, he could remain in the 6s. I don't foresee him being a 5K driver, though. Blaney was fast enough. Larson, sixth fastest. I could easily see this being the super speedway that Larson wins. It's a little less chaotic. It's a little bit more driver friendly. I could see him winning this one and us kind of scratching our head and saying, does that really count as him finally winning a Cup Series super speedway race? Which I think gets overblown. He won an Xfinity super speedway race. He won at Daytona. That counts. Like the idea that, oh, well, he can't do a super speedway because he didn't win one in Cup, but he won one in Xfinity, which may, you know, in a lot of ways, winning those Xfinity ones is even harder. They can be even crazier and more chaotic. The cars are out of control. So uh, I, I just don't understand that argument. But I mean, if you're going to go down that path, it's like, well, Kyle Bush. He won on every track, but not anymore. He didn't want to go get the Coliseums now, so he's never won at every track. Or we do Chicago now, he's never won at every track. Atlanta's different now, he's not won at every track. Come on. They repaved Texas. Well, he wanted to repave Texas. Oh, well, okay, never mind. I think that'll do it. Um, if you want to get access to this data, go to raceforthepriz.com. I believe the green flag pit cycling is going to be something that you might want to look into. I don't know how heavily you want to lean into it. We'll have to wait and see on the starting grid. We'll have to wait and see on pricing. Those, you know, and we want to look at super speedway data. There's a lot of other data points that you can look at in the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet to lean on before you go this deep. But it is something that I would be cognizant of. Something that I would go over, especially if I'm having a hard time deciding who I'm going to pick from the front. Who do I identify as a lap leader? If you're not going to go completely down the barrel of stacking in the back, if you want to try to pick a driver that could lead a green flag race, win the race, then this would be something you'd want to dust off and look over and think about. And we know Logano won this race before, although it wasn't because necessarily of green flag pit cycling, because his team got locked together. And he just made the right move on the very last lap in that spring race. But the winners of these races have not been completely, you know, randos. You got Logano won last spring. Byron has won two of those. Byron now has a Daytona 500 win, a Daytona summer win. Chase Elliott won in 2022. He's got a Talladega win. He knows what he is doing. So identifying the driver that wins and likely squeezes in the optimal lineup is not necessarily splitting the atom. And you may not need to look at green flag pit stop data. But 
it's here if you want it at the Fantasy NASCAR Spreadsheet. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Blessed to have you around. I love you guys. Trip to Light's fantastic.